You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Now the truth is, if we understand what we are learning, it will help us understand Christianity. You know, there's a lot of uh, supernatural and um, deep things, unquote. You know, like someone preaches, say that's deep, you know, concerning our faith. Somebody will open Bible and just teach some things that your head will just scatter. Those things are very good. But you know, Jesus didn't do any teaching that people's heads scattered. Praise God. He taught them basic things. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. If your brother offends you and asks for forgiveness, that's basically what we're learning. And that is, interestingly, that is Christianity. Praise the Lord. That is Christianity. If the church in Nigeria, if we gathered people every time and we're teaching them this, this country won't be where it is. It's so easy for us to gather and take three hours and shake our heads and kill our enemies and feel the flesh, like my sister said, feels good. You have achieved something. God is not with you in it. Praise God. No. Or you come shake your head and then call for billions from east, west, north, and south. And then you go, you don't work. God is not there. Praise God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost Amper, who went about walking on water. No. How many times did Jesus walk on water? Once. And when? In the dark of the night. No other person saw him. That's why the disciples, you don't read their pieces, and they tell you, you know, I want to introduce to you Jesus who walked on water. The people say, where is the evidence? I get what I'm saying. In fact, notice, they didn't emphasize his miracles. They emphasized who he was and the message. So somebody comes and says, I want to be, you know, before I start preaching, before I, Pastor Ken comes to preach, then they call five people that will testify of how I blew on them and the miracle work happened, and this happened. No, Jesus didn't even do that. Because all things are upheld by the word of what? His power. When you understand the way the word works, you enter into a place of solidity. Where you're immovable and unshakable. What Pastor Nat was, you know, reminding us of is simple. There are patterns in the scriptures. God does things and there are results of what he does. We looked at this where his workmanship, right? Created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good work. Which God prepared beforehand that we should. Which means when you read the Bible, there are things I should do. There are things God has promised he will. If every day I keep coming to God and telling him, you promise, you promise, you promise, and I leave what I should, what do you call me? A fool. That's what we do. So that Genesis 12, now, can you put it on the screen for us? Genesis 12 verse 2. It says, I will bless you. Who will bless who? God will bless Abraham. How many times have you pursued someone to bless them? Sometimes I want to give somebody a gift. And I'm looking for the person. I have to send people. Go and call this person for me. The person doesn't know. The blessing catches him, isn't it? So when God says, I will, <laughs> he will. Praise the Lord. He will. 
I will make you a great nation. He will. I'll make your name great. He will. Then the one he says you should do, he will not. You are the one that will do that. Now, let me tell you something. Okay? So let's take the case of Joseph. Joseph has a dream. And the dream clearly portrays that Joseph will be blessed. You know, your father and mother, you know, they're going to bow to you. You know, all of that is going to happen. So Joseph begins to live his life. And instead of all those things happening, he's going down. He's going down. You know, his brothers sell him as a slave. He gets into slavery. He tries his best. And it was as though his dream was coming to pass. He became the head, you know, servant, head slave in, in, in Potiphar's house. And right there and then, you know, snake and ladder. The snake beat him. And he fell again to the bottom. Even fell lower than the bottom. So he finds himself there. What does he do again? Where is this time that they are going to bow to me? When is it going to happen? It's not in his hands. Let me say it's not in his hands. There are some things that are not in your hands. But do you know what is in his hands? You shall be a blessing. has no condition. It has no time. So Joseph thought, I don't have to wait for all of that to happen. I can be a blessing where I am. The best way to enter into what you're waiting for God to do is start doing what he said you would do. Is somebody hearing? That's Christianity. You know, this challenge, I've told you here, you know, some time ago, we were speaking at a marriage conference, and you know how the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, no man ever hated his flesh and all of that. Then he says to the woman, woman, submit to your husband as unto the Lord, you know, like Sarah called. When you teach it in marriage conferences, what's the issue? Let my husband love me first. Isn't it? And the man will say, let my wife what? Submit first. As long as both of you are there, no progress. The man who truly wants the wife to submit, based on what we are learning, what should he do? Do the one that God... If there is no prayer, Lord, make my wife submit. God doesn't hear that prayer. The prayer God will hear is, God, help me to love my wife. And the prayer that God will hear from the wife is, Lord, help me to submit to this man. He's stupid, but let me submit to him. He's a beast. Let me submit. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I say what we are going to do today is pray for anointing. Because this is the way it works. It doesn't work any other way. God will not hear the prayer of a husband asking him to make the wife submissive. Why? Has he finished answering the one of making you to love your wife? I give you an assignment to do. Then you come to Augusta, I report. I want to tell you that that man is not doing what he's doing. Meanwhile, I haven't done your own. What will the God do to you? <laughs> Are we getting this thing? It's as simple as that. That's why he said, your enemy, he said, pray for them. God knows how to do his business. He knows how to handle his business. Do you understand? He just wants you to be about your business. Okay? Praise God. Second Peter 1, verse 5. You know, we've looked at this when we did routine maintenance. But it, it jumped out to me again. It says, but also for this very, giving all diligence. It says, add to your faith virtue. That word virtue there is talking about goodness. Can you give us the Living Bible or ERV version, please? In fact, we'll look at the two, so we'll see. This is what it says now. Let's read it to everybody. But to obtain these gifts, you need more than what? I need more than what? We need more than what? It says we must work hard to what? <laughs> Let's stop there. That's we After our faith, we must work hard to be what? To be good. To be good. 
Praise God. To be good. Some of us are working in place. There are persons that have been recommended from their workplace by their bosses to a better job. Just because their heart couldn't let them allow this person miss this opportunity. Praise God. Let's look at the other one. Um, Yarovi. He said, because you have these blessings, do all you can to add to your life these things. To your faith, add what? Goodness. There are so many people walking about with faith, but they don't have goodness. And if Christianity doesn't make you good, then what is the hope? Some of us live in neighborhoods. There are six of us in a, a compound. And they, the way they know you're a Christian is that in the middle of the night, yeah, 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 yeah. But somebody will keep bucket. You will empty rubbish into the person's bucket. The compound agrees that this is how we're going to process waste. You never do your own part. You know, what they know is that when you're speaking to them, you don't make two statements without quoting scripture. Let me tell you, all those spirit things, they don't move unbelievers. In fact, it retakes them. The thing that moves unbelievers is goodness. You know why? They know they can't do it. Once you get into those dimensions, rakateta, they're just madman. But when you love them and you're good to them, they ask themselves, I can't do this for this man. That's what is a wonder to the unbeliever. They don't believe any story of your miracle. They don't believe. Say, God did this for me. Hallelujah. They don't believe. They're not. But when they see you good in a level that they know they cannot, they sit back and say, there's something different about him. Praise God. And that is what it is. I'll read us a scripture. First Peter 2.12. Okay, it says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which you observe, do what? Glorify God in the... That's what impresses them. Praise God. Unbelievers are not moved that 15 million people go to church. It doesn't make them consider Christianity. What makes them consider Christianity is that they meet one lady, one unmarried sister, that they do everything, everything to sleep with. The sister... We'll just smile. God bless you. They'll be wondering. Next thing you say, I'll follow you to that, your church. That's what moves them. It's goodness. Can we see that in the message translation, please? First Peter 2, 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Message puts it interestingly. Say, live an exemplary life among the what? Natives. You're not a citizen of earth. Live like Oyibo who is in the neighborhood. I get in it now. So that your actions will what? Refute. They have prejudices against us. The moment you mention you're a Christian, they discount you. You hate us. You're evil. You're a hypocrite. That's what they think. Then you now come and start quoting. They incur, uh, my papa said, my bishop said, that one even irritates them the more. They have prejudices, but this is what it is. He said, when your life is different... What is going to happen? He said there will be one over to God's side. They will know that this one is different. Praise Jesus. So this is the work that the Spirit wants to work in us. The unbeliever is not looking at all this. And God wants to use you to shine as light. Our faith statements, our prayer, you prayer, land, prayer points and all of that. No, they're just observing you. They want to see how patient you are. They want to see how kind you are. They want to see how much self-control. That's why, please, I beg us, married people here, please, please, deny that flesh. Don't quarrel. Don't let unbelievers see you as couples fight. Praise God. No, it destroys everything. Because, you see, Dad was telling us, remember when you're an unbeliever, 
Unbelievers have ego eye to pick faults in Christians. How many of us were unbelievers before? You know how you're looking, and when they pick it, they don't forget it. It's the text for their sermon. Don't mind them. You know, I have this person, I have that person there. Don't give them that kind of opportunity. Praise the Lord. So the Christian, you know, what I think, why this is so important to us, is that I as a Christian, you as a Christian, is one privilege to have been saved, forgiven, reconciled to God. Okay? Now, this person, me now, I interact with God. I know God. He's my father. He's my God. You know, I've been given the right to become a child of God. And this God is holy. This God is loving. This God is all-powerful. You know, this God is kind. This God is, you know, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and all of that. And I have relationship with this God. Are you with me? So this me now that has this relationship with this God, I come out and I relate with you. And I'm unholy. My words are, you know, not clean words. My behavior is nothing like that. What are you going to think? What are you going to think about that God? It won't help his reputation at all. It won't. That's what it is. The Christian is the one who knows God, who is in a relationship with God, and then you're living in a world of people who don't know God. That's why they want us to be good. Because whatever you are reflects on them. Okay? So if you come out from God's presence, and then you come out and you're quarreling and you're shouting, and you're, you know, you're stealing and doing all kinds of things that you, know, you shouldn't do, the people who don't know God, how are they going to think about them, you know, running to God? I told you what one of the strongest impressions that I had. I don't know whether I was a Christian then. I think, yes, yes, it was as a Christian. I can't remember. But this lady lost a child. A Christian lady lost a child. And people were going to, you know, comfort her, you know, condolence visits and all of that. But when they get there... The joy and the spirit with which the lady was, you know, responding and behaving. We wondered. People wondered. Uh-uh. Do you understand? That's what touches them. But if something happens to the Christian and he responds or she responds the very way unbelievers will respond, how would they wonder what you're meeting on the other side? The truth is that you're supposed to be a wonder. Praise God. Yes, he that is born of the spirit is like the wind. You're supposed to be a wonder and a good wonder. Not a bad one. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so that is what it is. So the other side of us that interacts with our fellow men, you know, women, cannot be unaffected or uninfluenced by our fellowship with this holy, righteous God. We just can't help but reflect him. And like, you know, most of us here have said, it is not natural to us. It's the Holy Spirit that will help us do it. And that's why it says, where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we should walk so if i'm to walk in it i didn't bring it i'm practicing it do you understand i'm practicing saying i'm sorry i'm practicing saying i love you i'm practicing saying you know keeping quiet when i should speak praise god you know those moments where inside of you you have spoken ten thousand words but what is needed as a child of god in those moments is zero word you practice it listen praise god can I tell you something? I'm looking for somebody now who I can use as an illustration. Who has muscle here? Who walks out here? Pastor Lord. <laughs> okay. Listen. 
The muscle that you have that is strong is because you use it, you carry, you use it, you carry. As you do that, what is happening? The muscle gets stronger. After some time, the weight that you used to vibrate carrying, you will carry it and not even know you're carrying it. The same way, when you should speak 10,000 words and they say keep quiet and you're shaking, if you obey that one, after some time, when you should speak a million words, the muscle has been built up that you'll be able to keep quiet without even shaking. Do you understand? Oh yes, that's the way it works. You hold it. What happens is that in that segment, spiritually, you become stronger. It happens again, you become stronger. You keep allowing it, you become weaker. That's the way it works. So for those, you know, marriages and all of that, you know, the first time your wife does, you slap. No, if you keep slapping, you'll get better at slapping until you go to jail or you kill your wife. But if you start holding, after some time, when those moments come, you'll just be laughing because this hand has been so demobilized. If there's anything, you slap yourself. <laughs> because that's actually scriptural. Eh? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, but you see, when we don't understand, we think we're doing it for somebody. No, it's for ourselves. What is at stake is your faith. It's not, in fact, like what we said now. This good we are talking about is not the good of the world. Is it the world does good so that it will be that they did good. No, you do good, not that you did good. You do good because you are good. You have, if I don't do good, okay, praise God. Let's look at it this way now. Um, Acts 1.8. What does Acts 1 say? Uh, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses unto me. So what we are learning is being witnesses unto me, isn't it? Of this goodness. Now, I want to ask you a question. Not about you, about me. If I do evil, who am I witnessing to? So, when you understand, that is not a choice that I can make lightly. If I do good, I'm witnessing to the Spirit of God in me. If I do evil, no matter the explanation, can Jesus do evil? Has he done evil to anybody? The same way I cannot do evil unless I give my vessel to the devil to use. When you understand that, you see that the good we are talking about is not the good of the world does good to feel good. I have no choice but to be good because why? The spirit of God dwells inside of me. He has possessed me. If I want to do evil, I have to allow the anointing from the evil one to fill me. Then I become a witness to evil. Praise God. So I shouldn't speak. And when I'm done speaking, I know that the devil spoke well, well from me. Because you know God didn't speak that word from you. I shouldn't act and then sit back. I mean, I, I, somebody's being helped now. So you see that it's beyond preference. Not a choice that I can make. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but what? Christ lives in me. Now, when Christ lives in me, I will forgive. I will love. I'll be patient. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Please put it on the screen. What that scripture is saying is we said... The Christian is one who has a relationship, isn't it, with God. What that scripture, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, says, is this is the evidence. This is the manifestation of a relationship with God. He says it's love. So I cannot be fellowshipping with God who is love. And then I come out and I'm hating all my brothers. 
I cannot be fellowshipping, having this beautiful fellowship with one who is love, okay, or God. And then I come out and I can't even be patient. You know why long suffering is a fruit of the spirit? Because in this side of life, you live, let's say, 100 years. Okay? 100, how many? 110. 110 years. But you're in relationship with an eternal spirit. Can you have a friend, you know, who his tenure is that long? And then you're impatient for two years. Is somebody getting it? We want to get a connection so that you just pray, Lord, there is no alternative. But the part I want you to see there is this. In this fruit of the Spirit, three words there, actually. All of them capture goodness. But three words are talking about plain goodness. Kindness is what we are talking about. Goodness is what we are talking about. Gentleness is what we are talking about. Let's even leave self-control and faithfulness. There is kindness there. Kindness and goodness, don't they look the same? But because they want you to have it in overflow. Gentleness and kindness, is it not the same? The Holy Spirit knows English more than us. So this is not tautology. It's for emphasis. Praise God. Unmarried people, more than beauty, more than money, young man, you need gentleness. My wife used to tell me that the reason she liked me then was that I used to speak so softly. Thank God, though. Because I, I couldn't have missed her. Do you understand? You can't, you know, want to marry somebody. I said, come here. Are you weak, eh? <laughs> eh? Gentleness. Kindness. You know, some of us do business and someone is pricing you. Once the person asks for a price, you just lose your temper. And then you're praying God bless me. You can't even hold yourself. Eh? Say, man, won't you sell five thousand? He said, please, if you're not buying, get out from here. And you have the Holy Spirit. And your business is called El Shaddai International. <laughs> and they just tuned you small, you failed. Do you understand? You know, some of these things, I'm telling you, I wish I learned it before. These are secrets to life. These are unfailing principles. Now, can I tell you something? Joseph was in that prison. Most likely, he had become friends with those prisoners from the palace, Right? Another thing I want you to say is that, did you notice that Joseph didn't tell them his problem until after he interpreted the dream? Self-control. Self-control. It's not the more people that you tell your problem that makes solution to come on. In fact, the more people you tell it, it multiplies the problem. You tell this person, tell this person. You told God, how many of us having children will be happy? You go to work. Pastor Nina, you're going to work. Um... She comes to says, Mom, please, when you're coming back, buy a, what does it like, shawarma? Then by the time you come back, this neighbor sees you and says, ah, she comes to, is looking for shawarma. This rest, another neighbor meets you and says, even if you had that shawarma, what will you do? You won't give it to him again. You say, what? After you called me, why did you get into all that? Okay? Praise God. But that's just generally fruit of the spirit. But where I just want us to understand today is this. This goodness or this aspect of our faith that we're talking about, how God anointed, who went about doing good, is a key. And the Spirit of God will help me, you know, help us to understand it this evening. So on Sunday, we said uh, 1 Peter 2.9. Please just put that on the screen for me again. He said, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, um, peculiar people, call for to show forth the praises. 1 Peter 2.9. Thank you. Okay. 
It says, all of that is that I may proclaim what? The praises of him who called me out. Okay? Darkness into his marvelous light. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm in a situation and I don't feel like I'm a chosen generation. I don't feel like I'm God's special people. I don't feel any of that. Okay? But that's what he said I am, right? But he said I am that, that I may what? Show forth. Now, the same thing we said about Abraham. See how it works. Joseph in prison, did he look like anybody that they should bow to in the near future? He was going down. That's where he was going. But this divine equation has said, you shall be a blessing. You know what Joseph did? Joseph started fulfilling that part. Are you with me? He started doing what? Fulfilling that part. The Bible says, no temptation has befallen you, but such as is what? Common to man. But God is what? Faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can be? But with every temptation, what does God do? He makes a way. Do you know the way of escape it is? Occupy yourself with that other side of the equation. I'm coming. So, Paul and Silas, they were preaching the gospel. Doing wonderful works. Both, you know, good works and miracles. And they took them. Beat them. When they arrested them, what do you think Paul and Silas were doing? Oh Lord, set us free. Deliver. And they were binding them. Their prayer didn't work. They were beating them. Their prayer. They put them in prison. Their prayer didn't work. They put them in stocks. Their prayer. Night came. You know what they decided? Since they didn't recognize all the other things that we are, let us declare his praises. They had an option at that moment to start lamenting. God, why? God, when? God, where are you? You know, the type of things that make the flesh feel good but are repulsive in the spirit. When they are there, they started singing praises. Why? Because they said this whole thing is that I may show forth the praises. And the Bible says, as they sang, the prisoners heard them. When the prisoners heard them, God looked at the equation. What is missing in this equation? Royal nation. Peculiar people. He said, okay. Royal priesthood. God said, let's complete the other side of the equation. They're already praising. Let's put everything together. That's how come all the prisoners were set free. What do you think they came to do? They were looking at these two men. The jailer came also and was bearing witness. I get you what I'm saying. Brothers and sisters, if you occupy yourself with what they said you should do, God will do his own. Let's rise on our feet. And you see, oh Lord, help me. Lord, help us. Brothers, God is faithful. That's why the devil will fight it. He will fight, 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 fight. So that we are not in this place. He will fight. He will discourage you. He will try everything to make sure the Christian doesn't remain in this place. And then when the Christian even wants to do good, he will bring carnality to it. He will bring self-interest. He will introduce all kinds of things. But tonight, we're saying, Lord, I see this is what it is. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, it says, God is able to make all grace to abound towards me so that all I always have in all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for what? That is simply saying that I can never be in a situation 
where I am destitute of capacity or ability to do good. Like her brother said, David's son was encouragement. A smile, a good attitude, a good word. Paul and Silas, what could they do in prison? It was just praises they could do. They started praising. Brothers and sisters, I want you to pray tonight. Lord, give me that grace. That in all circumstances, I will have something to give. I will be on my side of the equation. Lord, help me. Somebody is sick in the body. And the pain is getting to the point where you're just so confused. You can boast in the Lord. You can tell him. What did Job say? He said, even though he slay me, what will I do? I will yet trust him. What is he doing? He's putting his own side of equation. Whether God slays him or not, he still can't stop God. But he said, my own side is that I will praise him. I will testify of faithfulness. He says, I will make my boast in the Lord. Tonight we are saying as a church, give us this grace to always have our sufficiency in every situation. In if it's financial like, Lord, take me beyond murmuring because of, let me thank God for help. Let me jump and bounce. Let me boast in your provision. Let me boast in your sustenance. Let me exalt you. Let me extol you. Let me magnify you. Let me be a witness to my world. Let my children, let my parents, let my husband, let my wife, let my friends know that I am a wonder. Not because everything is okay, but because I'm producing good, even in a seemingly bad situation, so that all will know that there is a God at work in my life. Lord, help me. Help me. Please, let's put the Second Corinthians 9.8, please. And God is able to make all grace. I want you to receive that grace. That even in this time, even in this moment, you know, even in this hour, Lord, I will have sufficiency for good work. Brethren, the shortcut to starvation is when a farmer sows no seed. It's not that the harvest is not enough. If the farmer ceases to sow, that farmer is ready for extinction. Lord, may I never lack what to sow. May I never lack good to do. May I never be put in a position where I think I cannot do good. Lord, help me, Lord. If my eyes are closed, open my eyes. If my ears are dull of hearing, open my ears. Give me strength to see good like you did for Joseph, like you did for Paul and Silas. Help me, O Lord my God, that in every situation, minimum, let me not do evil because I don't want to reap evil. For he that sows, O Lord, in righteousness will reap in mercy. Lord, this is what I want. I want to sow in righteousness everywhere, every time, at all moments. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Let me clarify that. Brothers and sisters, no matter how bad life has treated you, you, I know it hasn't treated you. If you sow iniquity, if you sow evil, what can you reap? I can't hear you. Evil. No matter how bad. So if Joseph rightly, life had treated him badly, if he began at that moment to sow evil, what will he be meeting in his future? That's why you have to pray. Lord, give me grace. <laughs> it doesn't matter what life has thrown me. I receive grace to abound in a good work. To abound in good works. They've gossiped with me. Lord, I will intercede for them. They've accused me falsely. Lord, I will bless them. 
they have forsaken me lord i will uphold them i have no provision for evil lord because all i want as a harvest is good so i receive grace i receive grace in the name of jesus christ the word of god promises that he gives seed to the sower listen to me daughter of zion listen to me child of god as you're praying this prayer god will give you seed to sow he will give you inspiration he will make provision he will give you a song he will give you a word he will give you a countenance you will be a blessing i will never lord no matter what it is even to my enemies i don't want to be a curse to them i want to be a blessing i've been called to bless let me bless let me bless let me bless my family let me bless my neighbors let me bless my friends let me bless my colleagues let me be a blessing lord this is what i've been called to help me oh lord in the name of jesus jesus christ amen god answers prayers oh and he's giving seed to the sowers tonight if you read that scripture further down eight nine ten you see he said he gives seed notice in the program of god he gives seed to sow before he gives bread for food <laughs> because if he gives you bread for food without seed to sow your starvation has just been postponed did you get that but he gives seed to sow. That's why you're receiving seed to sow. In this season, you will sow good seeds. You know, seeds that you don't even know how it will come out of you. It will come out. And the reward will be beautiful. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, we'll take the prayer that we referred to that already. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. This good we're talking about is not the world's good. You see, the world's good. And, the, you know, the good that the normal person thinks about. You know, like... Um, those things are not bad but what god was ministering to me you know as i was made sitting on this we don't have the time to, oh it's already it i'm so sorry let me leave that okay let's pray lord i receive power to be your witness i receive an anointing holy spirit anoint me no matter my circumstance no matter my situation lord anoint me to be your witness anoint me oh lord power me lord to be a witness to you in this circumstance in this situation in this office nobody understands how difficult it is but lord you know and you promise you will anoint me he said it's not for me to know times and seasons but i shall receive power lord i receive power superior to my limitation i receive power superior to my circumstance i receive power superior to my adversary superior to the things that are against me the power that joseph had to be kind in an unkind situation lord i receive in the name of jesus christ amen the other prayer the same thing acts 10 38 how god anointed jesus of now with the holy ghost and with power lord i receive resources to do good i receive resources to do good i receive wisdom to do good i receive anointing to minister healing i receive prosperity i receive provision i receive promotion the bible talking in uh, esther chapter 10 verse 3 or so or 11 it talked about mordecai he said he went seeking the good of his people lord position me so i can do good to my people lord position me so i can do good to people position me lord prosper me promote me establish me favor me lord so that i can do good how god enabled jesus christ of nazareth and he went about doing good lord this is my hand this is my heart this is me position me to be a blessing 
to the church, to my nation, to my brothers, to my sisters. And somebody says, Amen. It shall be so in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.